it's a lesson for anybody out there uh, who wants to succeed at anything is the don't always take the model that you're given and assume that that's the only model. Like totally. go against the grain, think outside of the box, do things differently. Um, yeah, I don't know, because you just might find more success than most doing that. What's up and welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown, and today's episode I will just say this, it is one that for me personally has been a long time coming. I have Jamie Artsis on the pod today. So if you don't know who she is, she's a master soul cycle instructor out of Newport Beach, California, Southern California, um, who has carved a path for herself in such a way that is so unique to how anyone has ever done it. And I've been a huge fan of hers for a super long time now and kind of just really been in awe of how she went against the grain and created what she calls Jamie cycle, but really put herself on the map in a way that I I just always had so much admiration and respect for because it was bold. And I think there's a lot of life lessons in this episode for going out and doing things your way and carving your own path. And just a beautiful reminder that you don't have to do things a certain way, right? And it's really scary to go out on your own. And it's really scary to do your own thing. And it's really terrifying to carve your own path. But sometimes, a lot of times, you can end up someplace really beautiful. So we're going to hear about her story, how she found SoulCycle um, and her life prior to SoulCycle, and maybe a little bit about where she's headed now. So let's get into it. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast, you guys. This is going to be a good one. I just already know it. I have the freaking like queen of West Coast SoulCycle. Like, some might say like one of the queens of SoulCycle in general and just like overall badass Jamie Artis on today. And I'm just super pumped to have you. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Finally, we finally made it happen. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, yeah, I guess for me, it is like such a long time coming when I even first started this podcast. I was like, I got to get Jamie on the podcast. Um, and I know when I sent you a message, I told you like that I've been a fan of yours from afar for a really long time. And like straight up, we'll get into it in this interview, but like, I do, I respect what you do so much. And like, I just think like you've gone out and like done your own thing and created your own thing. And I think that that is just, I think it's dope. I think it's really cool. I really appreciate that. And like, to be honest, when you reached out to me, I was like, fuck yes, 100%. Just because like, also like the feeling is very mutual. Like I consider you such a badass as well. And like, Um, I think from like day one, I just always felt like I had support from you and like, just we've had that connection. And so I always want to, I want to contribute any way I can to your podcast or just be here just because I know you've always supported me. So I, I've always appreciated that. 
Love it. Real recognize real. <laughs> um, okay. So before we get into soul cycle, your life at soul cycle, all of that, I kind of want to start with, cause I'm pretty sure you were a collegiate athlete. Um, yeah. and so how did you find fitness? Um, I believe you played soccer in college. I just want to talk about your life as an athlete before soul cycle and yeah. maybe kind of how that brought you to soul cycle and what your journey has been. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my whole life, I've been a very competitive athlete uh, since the age of four. I started in Taekwondo, um, became a junior black belt in, I was in the junior Olympics, became like a black belt, um, and then also played soccer since the age of four. So those two were kind of parallel. And then soccer became very serious, kind of had to get rid of karate and just took off from there, um, got recruited by a bunch of universities ended up picking university of michigan yeah got a full ride there um and it was an, an, an incredible experience soccer was pretty much my whole life uh was on a competitive traveling club team did olympic development which is like we call it odp but it's olympic development program it just trains the best of the best um in the country and you like travel around and play with the most elite athletes and then ended up in uh at college and played there. Yeah. Soccer was literally my life. Um, I learned discipline. I learned commitment. I learned hard work. I learned about all about like the more you practice, the better you get. And just kind of all those elements of life, it, it kind of brought me into, and we'll get into soul cycle and cycling, but like took those with me into the way I coach today as, um, as a coach in, in the room on the bike. I learned about how like, you know, I was I was kind of small growing up and I would play against these like very tall, very aggressive um athletes and so I had to use my speed to kind of like outnumber them versus like being physical with them. And so just kind of also learning along the way that it's all about like the mindset. Things can be challenging and things can be feel like it's impossible sometimes, but when you have that certain mindset where you believe in yourself and um, you know, you want to be the best, like nothing else matters. And you just stay in your lane, you stay focused and you know, like what your end goal is and you don't stop until you make that happen. And so that's always kind of been my, like, I've been trained since a very young age to think like that and learn like that. And like I said, it's, I've taken that with me throughout my life where it's like, I always want to be the best. I always want to like, work the hardest and outnumber everyone and just win at life. Um, so that's kind of like where my mentality has always come from. In college, my junior year, I had way too many concussions. Well, I had way too many concussions. And so my junior year, I had like the final hit where, you know, I went up for a header, broke my nose, um, had that like another major concussion. And the doctor at the university was like, listen, if you hit your head one more time, um, you could have very severe brain damage. And, you know, I'm in college, I'm a junior. I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Like I'm going to still play. Like, and my family's like, hold on. Like, this is actually very serious. And, you know, the coaches and everyone were like, this is your life. You have to decide what's best for you. And it took me like months to decide this because my whole life was soccer and I didn't know anything else other than soccer. I decided not to play my senior year because the idea of, you know, having severe brain damage and being in a wheelchair, or who knows what it could be like, um, terrified me. Um, and so I ended up studying abroad my senior year in Australia because I had to get away from right. 
the, I, I couldn't watch without like playing. It was too hard. That kind of was the end of my sur- soccer career. And ever since that moment, I've always been missing kind of that competitive drive, that feel of being on a team, the feel of working so hard. You feel like you're going to puke the, the feeling of like a challenge. Like I've always kind of missed that and we'll get into it, but that's kind of how I discovered my whole cycling career. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine what that must've felt like to feel. It's like, it's like you lose your identity and you have to find out who is Jamie without soccer. And and most athletes, you know, go through that. I've, I've had a lot of athletes on this podcast. And so a lot of athletes go through that like, who am I without my sport? Uh, but to have that taken away from you and not be something that you got to exit, um, from on your own terms, I uh, cannot even begin to imagine how hard that must have felt. And so I think it sounds like mindset has always been something that's super important to you because you kind of had to relearn who you were. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. I had to discover who Jamie was and it took a minute. It really did. Yeah. So what, what brought you to SoulCycle? How did you find SoulCycle and then decide, I mean, I know a little bit of the story, but whatever you want to tell of yeah. how you ended up at SoulCycle and became an instructor. So from college, I, um, I ended up, Nike was doing, uh, these internships at the time with like D1 athletes where you could go to go there for the summer and do like a paid internship. And it was in, an incredible experience. Um, worked there in marketing, loved it. Um, but it was during the recession. And so there was a hiring freeze at the time. And after the summer, I ended up coming back to, that was in Beaverton, Oregon. I ended up coming back to um, Los Angeles. Is That's where I grew up. I ended up working at Sony Pictures um, in print advertising, Did, like for the movies and all that. And, you know, on paper, it, it sounds like a great job. And you get a lot of perks and you go on the lot and like get to see like movie stars. And when you first enter that world, you're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And then as the years go on, like me knowing the type of person I am and an athlete. And I was just sitting at a desk from like nine to six and I was going stir crazy. It didn't feel like it was the right fit for me. And um, at, while I was working there, I was a writer at SoulCycle. I actually discovered it. And a lot of people don't know this. And I've never really said this out loud because I never wanted anyone to kind of treat me differently. But my aunt is Ruth Zuckerman. So she is oh, wow. one of, yeah. So um, a, a lot of people don't know the history and history was also kind of rewritten a little bit. It's you, That's a whole other story. But Julie, Elizabeth and uh, Ruth Zuckerman started soul cycle. And so that's how I kind of entered the picture. My mom was like, you know, she knew I was missing soccer and she was like, listen, like you should come try like soul cycle. Like Ruth created this and I think you'll really like it. Um, it's a dark room with candles and good music. And I was like, sure, let's, let's try it out. And, um, I remember falling in love with it. Like the first day I was just like obsessed. Um, just the feeling of being in that room. I mean, I think everyone's first experience for the most part is like, especially in back in when, you know, years ago was like, holy shit, this isn't nothing. There was nothing like it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was like, damn, like, this is my new hook. Like I'm obsessed. Started going once a week, then twice a week then three times a week ended up going like six times a week, just like became addicted and obsessed and loved it so much. Felt like this was like kind of my new soccer. Like I had just, 
I don't know the feeling took like what kind of feelings like rushed over me, but I hated running. I was bored out of my mind doing that. And it just felt so good being in that room. So anyway, fell in love with it. Ended up writing podium a lot for uh, an instructor at the time. And, um, you know, being up there and just like looking out into the room, I was like, holy shit, like I could do this. Like, I want to do this. Like, I want to leave this room. I want to like be riding the bike with the mic on my face, like on, you know, on my head. And I wanted to be like the leader of the pack. And so at the time I was working at Sony. And so, um, after years of working there, I ended up quitting because I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm suffocating. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes, this is a great job. And yes, I went to an amazing college and, but I don't want to do this. Like I feel like there's something else out there for me. Like I need to, like, there's a different, like, I have a purpose and like the purpose is like to inspire people. And I'm not going to inspire people by working at a desk, at least for, you know, everyone has their own calling, but that's just how I felt. And so, um, I quit and I ended up auditioning for soul cycle. And I remember I missed the LA auditions. So I, I ended up flying out to Texas, um, like, and, and caught those auditions like for one day and, Um, I did it and flew back and then I got the call and, um, you know, the rest was history ended up flying out to New York for, uh, training and yeah, that's, that's how it all started. (laughs) Wow. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I love the whole backstory and I can't believe the bit about Ruth. I'm like, I know, no, I know like Mike drop to everyone listening. Like that is it's, that's, it's a big deal. And, uh, she's always kind of been a mentor to me. I know she left the company, but she has always supported me. And at the time she was part of flywheel. And that was also a, a conflict of interest for me because I felt like I was, uh, you know, not being loyal to her, um, that I wasn't going to flywheel. I was going to soul cycle, but you know, soul cycle, um, that was more me. That was more my personality. I wanted to ride to the beat of the music. I want, you know, I wanted to express myself. I wanted to, I don't know. It just, it felt right. And, um, she supported that and I, I'll never forget that. And I, I'll thank her to this day for, for supporting me for that. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when you got to Newport for <laughs> teaching, uh, yeah. you gained success on the schedule pretty rapidly. Things happened pretty quickly. Uh, And I think not only did they kind of garner the attention of people in just Newport, but if you ask me, I feel like you put Newport SoulCycle on the map. And I feel like it wasn't just Southern California that was paying attention, but everyone in the country was paying attention. Um, I don't know if you feel that way or if you about what you're, you were doing, or if you were in your own like head down to work, but like, that's how it was from my perspective, um, over in DC when you kind of hit the, hit the ground. Uh, so how do you think this is going to be a multi-part question, but we'll start with, uh, why do you think that you kind of found success so quickly? Well, look, um, I would say the year before I kind of had my head down, I wasn't posting on social media. I was, I was still teaching in LA, but I was driving up and down the coast, teaching in LA and in Newport, but Newport was different. The, the community felt different. The riders were, they felt like family. The staff felt like my best friends. Like I felt like I could just like let go and be me. And I felt like I had the support to do that. And so once Newport 
once I started teaching in Newport, I always go back to, I could never have done what I've done without the support of the staff. They, and, and I feel like any um, instructor will like, can say that and should say Good. that. Like any instructor what, should, 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 yes, say that. should say that. Thank you. They should say they that. Would, they don't all say that. We cannot do what we do without the staff. We just, we can't. The front desk, the managers, the like everything. Yeah, I, I knew that like my responsibility was the second I was in the room, like that was like game on. But the second a rider walks in the door, it's me plus the staff. And we as a team needed to create an incredible experience for riders. And that is at any studio. It's, it's a team effort. And so I really felt like I was on a team in Newport. Um, I became best friends with the staff and we started dancing around in the lobbies. And because I was traveling up and down the coast, I lived in LA at the time. I would spend a lot of time in the studio of Newport. And so that's how we got so close. And like, we would just mess around and do, you know, dancing videos at the time it was trillers. Now it's TikTok, but like, you, you know, and then, yeah, yeah. And like first we like, you know, ordered wigs and just costume, like Halloween costumes. And we just like fuck around and dance around. And like, then we like, you know, started incorporating, incorporating that and bringing that into the room and with dance bombs. And like, I just felt like free, like I could express myself. And like, I knew as a, an instructor, a, a new instructor, I needed to be different. I needed to separate myself from everyone and do it in an authentic way. And so that's kind of where, you know, yes, I had my coaching background of, or, or my mentality of soccer, but it was so much more than that. Like, I'm like, I have this like energy inside me that I want to release and I want to create an amazing and experience for riders. And I felt like in order to be different was to bring the crazy dance bombs. And like, first we started dressing the staff up and, and, you know, a lot of people at the time when we, when I first started posting, and this is when I started to post on social media, like a year later, um, people were like, what the hell is this? Like, what is she doing? Like, you know, like you can feel when people are like, okay, this is different. Like, and, and not really like, like what they're seeing or so support it necessarily. And at the time I was just like, I know, like, the riders love it. And I feel like this is a great experience for them. And I'm going to just keep doing me. And so any staff member that wanted to be a part of it, like we would have them, you know, wear costumes and like wigs and come in and like, we'd pop confetti. And then like the confetti turned into like fire or like sparklers. And then, you know, sparklers then turned into like professional dancers and like with hula hoops and, you know, fire breathing and, CO2 and like, just like all these special effects started to like happen. And that in combination with like choreography and speed and just like the energy in the room from the writers and me and the staff, like was a, an amazing combination that I think translated on Instagram to get people's attention. And I think that's kind of how I took off. It, it, it really was social media um, and videoing, capturing the experience of the riders and and what we created in that room, like and putting that out there. And so uh that's kind of how I think I first kind of like got on the map um with with things like that. Yeah. Does that answer the question? It definitely answers the question. <laughs> um, you know, from from my outsider perspective, it's like you go to training and 
you know, it's kind of laid out for you. This is how you do it. This is how it's done. This is essentially your path to success. Follow this. But, you know, at the time before the pandemic, I think we had 400 instructors. So if you've got 400 instructors trying to do the same exact thing to create success, like some, a few are going to poke, like break through and make it, and it's going to take time. But I don't think, you know, you take, there's not, there isn't one specific route to success. There's so many different ways that you can do it. And so I just have to say, like, and I, this, like, as I said, at the top of this interview, you know, for me, like, I have just had the utmost respect from day one for what you've done because it takes fucking balls and it takes courage to create something that is your own to say like, yes, thank you for this platform soul cycle. I appreciate you, but I'm going to do it my way. And for people to hate. And like, I promise you, like I was getting a DM probably every single day of somebody sending me your shit and from writers sending it to me from like other instructors, instructors who are my friends even. And I have, I have never, ever, ever one time responded in any other manner other than fuck. Yeah. Because I I appreciate that. Like I, I really do. That's some shit right there. Like you cannot hate on that. And if anybody is or ever has hated on it, it's because they were jealous of what you had the balls to go out and do. And I think it's an incredible example in any career path that you choose and anything that you've taken and take in this life. And it's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast and in my classes in general is like, it's cool to have people that you look up to and it's, it's important to have mentors, but like, don't just try to do what they do. You have to go out and do shit your way. And just because someone's always said that something has to be done a certain way does not mean that it always has to be done a certain way. And you cannot just like you end up being just like a washed up version of somebody else if you try to copy the shit that they do. So there were a lot of copycats that popped up trying to like do what you do. All of a sudden, there's like people with like sparkle. I don't know if sparkle. Yeah, I think I saw sparklers and like confetti yeah. popping. And then there was like Club Soul that started pocket popping up all across the country. And it was just like, no, no, no. Like that's Jamie's. <laughs> Dude, I love you so much. Um, thank you. No, it's, Look, it at the beginning, like there was pushback. There was pushback from corporate. There, you know, when you feel like there's haters, you you know. But at the end of the day, like I've always been a rule breaker. I've never followed what other people are doing. And I've like I said, I've always stayed true to who I was. I always wanted to create that club like feel experience. And a lot of people got it twisted. They think like, oh, they see confetti and like. I remember people being like, well, you're just going to have the staff clean that up. And it's like, no, I'm cleaning that up with the vacuum. But am I recording it and putting on Instagram? No. Do I need to do that for you? No. You know, like at the end of the day, if you know things are working, like you got to put your head down and just like keep focusing. And I think that's why I kind of gotten to where I've, I am is because I've never look, sure. I'm a human things sometimes like get to you, but like, I've always kept my head down and just like kept grinding and kept doing what felt right and kept doing what I knew um, was true to who I was. You know, I don't care what anyone's opinion is. I don't care what anyone thinks. Like it's all about just like getting to the top and busting your ass and creating an amazing team and community and experience. So, you know, that shit, I got a lot of pushback and you get a lot of haters and then you start seeing people start to, to copy you. And Here's the thing. Did it bother me at first? Yeah, it did. Why? Because 
when you're getting a lot of pushback and you're fighting and trying to do you, and then all of a sudden you kind of break that, that wall to allow other people to do it. And they don't have to go through the shit that you had to go through. It's like the fuck. But I would say I got to the point where like, then I didn't care anymore because I was like, cool, like, you know, create a better experience for your own class. Like go off. If you, if that's going to make you happy, if your writers are going to love when you do X, Y, Z, like, and you got inspiration from me, all the better. Like at the end of the day, no one can do it like you. No one can do it like me. We're all like our own person. And so if anyone wants to be inspired by me, like, again, go off, you'll never be me. But also like, I want, I want people to succeed. I want them to like, you know, create an amazing experience. And if, if they're lighting sparklers because they saw that they, that I did that, you know, years ago, sweet. Like, thank you. Like, I'm so glad I got to inspire you, you know, um, the club soul thing. That's really funny. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah, but I just think it's, it's a lesson for anybody out there, uh, who wants to succeed at anything is the, don't always take the model that you're given and assume that that's the only model, like go against the grain, think outside of the box, do things differently. Um, yeah, I don't know, because you just might find more success than most doing that. Totally. Also, when yeah. you have a like a mentor or someone you look up to, this was like a I've talked about it on the podcast before. It was an epiphany I had a long time ago, which is like if you have someone you look up to or a mentor and you only try to, you're like, I just want to be like that person, I just want to be like that person, you're actually pigeonholing yourself. What if you personally are actually meant for so much more than that person, whoever that person is that you're looking up to, but you're just so fixated on you know, hitting all the benchmarks that that person hit and doing all the things that that person did or selling out at noon or whatever it is. Like, what if like, that's just not your path? Like, what if you're actually meant for so much more or just something bigger in a different way? You know? Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. So in a way you're kind of like selling yourself short in, in that, but. 100%. I mean, it always just goes back to like, when you are genuinely yourself and you're not trying to be anyone, you be inspired by people. 100%. We're all inspired by other people, you know? But when you are genuinely you, that is what is going to translate the best. And that is how you will be the most successful, period. Like, especially as, you know, coaches in the room, writers, you know, they want to, to see like authenticity. And if you're talking and reading off a script or you're acting a certain way, or you're trying to be like someone, they're going to read right through you, dude. Like they, it's just, it's not going to translate well. And ultimately like you will you won't get to where you want to go because you are not being true to who you are. So that's always, that's any of time, like any instructor who's like new or anyone who's like, do you have any like um, feedback for me? Or do you have any like words of inspiration or whatever? It's like, just be you, be you, listen to what feels right. Play whatever fucking music makes you like, makes your tits hard. Like, you know, like, don't be afraid to like hold back. Like, you know, I, I talk to my writers, like they're like, my best, I have no fucking filter. And like some people, like, you know, they might be like, if it's their first time and maybe they're a little more conservative, they might be like, oh, geez, but like they're not right for you. You know what I mean? They're not right. right for me. And they'll find another coach who like they will love, fall in love with and, and bond with. But you want to find your people who are genuinely attracted to you as a coach. And 
you're not going to get that if you're trying to be other people. Cause it's right. just, you're going to, you're going to miss the mark every time. You're going to miss, you're going to fall short every yeah. damn time. Yeah. So how do you train your team? You know, like, I think you're kind of like, you know, trying to instill in them, like having the mindset of a champion in a way. Yeah. So, you know, how do you talk to your team and, and what kind of things are you teaching them and coaching them? Look, I train them to be the best. Um, and what is the best? Well, it's better than you were yesterday. You are not going to be incredible in a week. You are not going to be the best of the best in a month or a year. It might take five years. It might take 10 years. And I, I, the first thing I always tell my riders is it's all about consistency. Like you cannot come once and think that you are going to be like LeBron James. It's not going to happen. You know, um, I even look at videos of me from like four years ago, three years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, like I used to ride the bike like that. And it's, it's because every time you get on that bike, every time you show up, you are becoming better, stronger, mentally, physically, emotionally than you were the time before. And so the first thing I always say is it's all about consistency. Don't expect things to happen overnight. If things are hard, that's a good thing. That means that you know you have shit to work on and that you can get better. When, when you're plateauing and things are easy, that's when you should worry. Because then that's how you know, like, you're not growing. You're not getting better. You're just staying the same. But if right. you're like, holy fuck, like, this is actually really hard. That's exciting. And so, like, I always tell my writers, be excited about the challenge. Be excited about the opportunity to bust your ass and fail and then get the fuck back up and keep going. Because when you get to the top of that mountain, you're going to look back and be like, holy shit. I failed. I fell on my ass. That was hard. Sometimes I showed up and like, it felt harder than others. Other days, sometimes like I got it. Sometimes I didn't. Sometimes I questioned myself. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm here and I'm here because I busted my ass no matter how hard the challenge was. And that's like something to be proud of. So I just coached them the way that I would like want to be coached. Um, an athlete mentality. Sure. Like I yell at them in a way that like inspires them. I tell them things that are like, this isn't for me. This isn't for anyone else. This is for you. You showed up for you, you know, and you showed up for whatever reason that was, but think about the reason you showed up and then use this opportunity to like bust your ass and make shit happen for yourself. Um, when we're on like a, a long endurance run or, you know, they, they want to give up. I say, think about what you want. Think about what you are fighting for in your life. Think about it. Close your eyes. Think about it and put that shit on the fucking bike. It sounds like That's what, very similar. <laughs> yeah. I mean that like I coach them the way that I would want to be coached. I, I tell them things like what I tell myself, like when I want to quit, I don't allow myself to, because I know that I am working for something so much bigger. And that if I push through this one run, if I get to the end of this class, if I hit that piece of choreography, like I'm just going to be like, damn, like I was better than when, than when I walked in today. And like, that's something to feel so good about. And like, no one can take that away from you. Yeah. Amen to that. No one can take that away from you. And, and at the end of the day, I think that's what I love so much about Soul Cycle is I've always felt like it's, it's a team sport and an individual sport at the same time. And they're so yes. like such a rare thing to ever like come across. Cause like yes. you're fighting for your shit and like, you're doing it for you. Um, and like, there is an opportunity to take whatever it is that you're fighting for outside of the four walls and like bring it in the room and work through it on the bike. But at the same time, like your energy is feeding the person beside you and the person beside you's energy is feeding the person across the room from them. And like, so it's like, you're moving together as 
as one and it's 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 dope in that way because yeah if you're you can feel the energy of an individual sport plus a team sport which is really one one hundred percent and like I always tell my team I'm like y'all are an extension of me like I am no better than you I we are the same I'm just up on a podium um but you are I'm a leader you're a leader and like um, what we do, like as, whether it's in this room or outside this room, people are looking at you. People are looking up to you. And like, you have a chance to inspire people, put a fucking smile on your face, like show up for people, be kind, like motivate them in ways that like, they're looking at you and seeing what you do with your life. So like, you know, you get knocked on your ass. What do you do? People are looking at you. Do you get back up and do you fight or do you sit there and kind of feel sorry for yourself? I, I give a lot of tough love in that room too, but it's only because I truly care about them. If I didn't, I would be like, yeah, like, let's go guys. You know, like let's hit the bead and let's, you know, I, I like to challenge them though. I like to give them really fast songs. I like to throw choreography out there to make them like think with their mind. Um, I always say you burn more calories when you're using your mind. So like, I just like to throw them off their game and see what they do with that to prepare them for the outside world, because the outside world, there is a lot of curveballs. There is a lot of ups and a lot of downs and you are not prepared for that shit. And so what do you do when you're not prepared? And so that's also the the way I kind of coach them. I, I like to throw them off and see what they do and push them to figure it out and fight through it. Yeah. I love that. So, uh, shifting gears a little bit, um, recently there was a, you know, situation that happened with SoulCycle where they closed some studios and that affected you. And so you found out that your home studio was closing, uh, Newport beach. So I just kind of want to know, you know, how that felt and, you know, where you're at right now with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm always real. Like it, it sucks. It was it was probably one I like looking back on my life, it was probably one of the times where I felt so like I felt like I was going through a death. Um, it was like shock, it was depression, it was anger, it was frustration, confusion. You know, we basically were told for like we were told we were staying open for a month and then they let us know that we had four days. Um, they changed their mind and we had four days before we were shutting down that studio. And uh to say goodbye to a place where you've kind of built your team and your brand and your community in four days. Like I don't, I, I had so many emotions that I almost like went numb for a second. Um, I was, like I said, I was in shock, but then I was so angry and so confused on what was happening and mind you like this is all while I'm teaching like I'm still on this it's not like we have you know I have a weekend like as a as a coach you have to be on all the time and you have to be you know anytime you're going through something personal you kind of leave that behind the curtain you show up and and be there and for the first time um I let my guard down in front of my team I was hysterically crying on the microphone I was hysterically crying in the room Um, I'm always fucking real and transparent with my, with my team, just because I always say there's, there is no me without them, you know? Um, and we built something really special at that, that, uh, studio. I mean, I know we touched on that. It, it was recognized on the map, um, around the country, but 
It was also recognized on the map around the world. It was a destination studio for a lot of people to come to. And it was just, it was, it was heartbreaking when I found this out. And, you know, it was one of many studios that still shut down. Um, so yeah, it, I, I can't even begin to describe the amount of emotions that were going on. Um, I wasn't even in survival mode at the time because I was so devastated and I needed to have the strength just to teach and coach my people. And so we had four days. That's it. And, uh, I said, listen, we have pretty much less than a week left to, to finish this off. Let's do this right. Let's bust our ass. Let's, let's close these doors. Like knowing that, like we burn the roof down, like as the best team there is, you know, and, um, it's just four walls. Like we're going to find out, find a new space. And I just kept telling them that as I was right. <laughs> hysterically like crying and breaking down and we did it. It was, it was a beautiful last week. It was honestly, I, I don't think I've ever experienced such classes. It's just, it was just so real and raw and emotional and like, hot, like challenging. And, you know, it, I think it made our team even stronger than ever. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't know, like Newport, there are no other studios near Newport beach. There's San Diego and there's Manhattan beach, which are very far, very far. And Newport's a small community, you know, we're, it's really tight. It's really close. Um, one of the reasons why I ended up leaving LA and coming strictly to Newport is because it was just such a tight family and team. And, um, it was, it was hard, but I promised my people, I was like, listen, um, I don't know. This was at the time. I was like, I don't know what the future holds, but it, this is just four walls. And I promise you, I'm going to create a space for you always where we can always be together. Um, and you know, that was that week. <laughs> um, and after, you know, going through that emotional week and kind of getting through that, that's where I was like, okay, I'm in survival mode now. I need to figure shit out. Like the emotions, like I'm putting that aside. And it's like, I need to show up for my team now and for myself and figure out what's best for, for everyone. So the first thing I thought of was creating a, a Jamie cycle pop-up in a local club, like, you know, a couple miles away from the studio where like the local hub was. And we just finished it last week and it was like a three-day event where classes, like huge success. Um, and I told them, I was like, listen, I, I'm going to continue to show up for you guys and create a space for you, um, and do pop-ups and, and, you know, and more. Um, but just know I'm always going to be there for you guys. I mean, I, I truly feel a loyalty to them. Um, they're my people, they're my team. And, um, we've created something so special that like, no matter what I do next, like they will always be in mind. So. Yeah. Would you say that how abruptly Newport closed and you knew it was four, you had four days left. Would you say that like in some regards, like history is almost repeating itself. Like it's almost very similar to when you got this final concussion. And so you are now having to pivot and like, again, in a major way. So I don't think you're running off to Australia this time, but, uh, <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> Hey, yeah. One billion percent. It's, it's, that was a a huge, uh, pivotal moment in my life where it's like, holy fuck, this happened unexpectedly. This is out of my control. Um, what am I doing about it? 
I can sit here and feel sorry for myself. Um, I can cry hysterically for another, you know, month straight, because believe me, I I was not okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm confident in myself and, 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 you know, I've, I'm, I have no shame. Like I'm a human being, like this is a huge thing. Like I was not okay emotionally, but you can take Um, the time to like take a beat and be not okay. Right. Right. Um, and then absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Um, but you know, for me, um, the second that, you know, our last class happened, it, you know, it was like my, my concussion where it's like, okay, soccer is over. What am I doing next? Now, cycling is not over and it will never be over for Jamie Arnsis. Let's just put that on the table. You don't Um, have to end that. Fuck no. Hell no. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But it was, but it, it, I had to pivot. I have to pivot. Um, and, um, be in survival mode and think about myself and think about what's best for me and also my team, who's very important to me. Um, and so, you know, in a way, I think things happen for a reason. I've always been wanting to continue to um, expand my team internationally and um, travel and um, grow my community and just become even more of an experienced uh, coach around the world um, and in the country. And so I think in a time like this, it's like, okay, now you have an opportunity where you really can create something special and you can have time to travel and you can do um, pop-ups around the world if you want. And honestly, it's pushing you to do what, what you've been wanting to do um, for so long. I see that. I see for- there's a possibility that as it, as it unfolds, it ends up being bigger than it ever was. Things happen for a reason. They yep. always do. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it's true. And Sometimes you just got to take a step back, put the emotion aside and say, okay, like what's happening now? Well, what's happening now is Jamie, you are being forced to do what you were been wanting to do. So what do you, you know, like I believe me that space Newport studio will always be the most special place in my heart. It was amazing for me. It was an incredible space for my team and my riders, but it's just four walls. And, you know, like I said, I will create a space for them locally, but also it's pushing me to do what I've been, I believe destined to do, which just expand my team internationally and, and really push myself in, in ways that I haven't had the time to do. So, um, everything happens for a reason. (laughs) Once again, amen. (laughs) All right. One last question for you today, which is what is the best piece of advice you would give your younger self? Victoria. Wow. Okay. This is like hands down. And it's something that I've learned as I've gotten older. I have this now, but I didn't back then. And, um, you have got to believe in yourself. You have got, I will say this over and over. You have got to be your number one supporter, your, you know, your best friend. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't, like you will fail. Um, growing up playing soccer, I had all the skills in the world. I was so talented. Like I said, I got recruited everywhere, but I didn't believe in myself. I, I, I didn't have confidence. And when you don't, I didn't say cocky, but when you don't have confidence, dude, you, you, you will fail. Um, you've got to believe in yourself and you can literally make anything possible. And I've, I've learned that 
as you know, in my adult years, like I truly believe in myself. I truly believe in my potential. Like I, I don't care if anyone, you know, doesn't believe in me. Like I know what I can do and like, I will make anything happen. And it's because I just have that belief in me. And, um, so I I think I would, I would 100% look at little Jamie and be like, yo, bitch, like you have got to wake up and you've got to believe in yourself because you're fucking incredible. You have all the talent in the world and literally you can make anything happen in, in your life. So believe in yourself. All right. Mic drop moment. Thanks so much <laughs> for being on. You are badass. Uh, and I cannot wait to put this out in the world. Well, thank you so much for having me. I love you. And we need to get drinks soon. Yes. Uh, love you back. <laughs> and keep kicking ass on the East Coast. I see you too. <laughs> Killing you. it. Master, the new master instructor. <laughs> Finally. So that is a wrap for today's episode, you guys. That is the one, the only Jamie Artsis. I told you that this episode was going to be inspiring. Uh, and I hope that there is something that you can take away from some of the things that Jamie had to say today about carving your own path, doing your own thing, and how to cultivate the mindset of a champion and to continue to work really, really hard. I think the biggest message behind everything that she had to say was really just rooted in the beauty of hard work and where you can go when you set your mind to something and then just work really fucking hard, right? There's no substitute for hard work, period. And you know, be inspired. I loved what she said about being inspired by the moments when you can't do something or when you struggle to do something. I talk about that in different ways in my own class as well. But like, you know, anytime, what I always say is like, anytime you fail at something or you can't do something, like it's a hell yes, because it means you have somewhere to go from where you are. If you can do everything easily in, in life, you know, on the cycle bike or not, then, then what is the point what is the point of it all if you can do it and master it and do it easily and with ease, right? There's no point to it. You're not growing, you're not changing, you're not evolving, you're not transforming, you're not reaching for a higher version of yourself. That's the epitome of a remaining exactly the same. So when something's challenging and when something's difficult, it means you got someplace to go. And that is all we can ever hope for. So Jamie is just inspiring person. Uh, make sure you follow her on Instagram at Jamie Artsis. Give me a follow at Victoria Brown and then definitely follow the pod handle at very best self. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. I am here every single Tuesday. We drop new episodes. We talk to athletes. We talk to entrepreneurs. We talk to doctors. We talk to just overall inspiring humans around mindset and becoming your very best self. I will see you guys next week. Hit subscribe and leave us a review and five stars. See you next time.